Welcome to another episode of Reading the Bible Responsibly. We are continuing our series in Genesis. Thanks for sticking with me through this. So far in this mini-series on Genesis, we've talked about the order and the scheme of created things in the first six days. We talked about specifically humans and how we are made in the image of God. And now in this episode, we're going to talk about the seventh day of creation. Why exactly did God need to rest? And are we supposed to rest too? And are we supposed to keep the actual Sabbath? Let's dive into that topic on today's episode. So we're still in the first creation story, but that story spills into Genesis chapter 2, at least the first couple of verses. So we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, which are the last verses of the first creation story. Scripture there reads like this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So what we see here is that there are six days in which God is doing work, and then the seventh day, Scripture says God has finished the work, and now he rests from all his work. Now, it's not called the Sabbath day here, but you're familiar with this concept of the Sabbath, which is rooted in creation. Now, this command to keep the Sabbath is one of the Big Ten Commandments, and it shows up both times the Ten Commandments are given in Scripture, but there's a little bit different reasoning behind that. So let's jump from Genesis chapter 2 all the way to Exodus chapter 20 when Moses is giving the Ten Commands for the first time. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. A couple of things to note here. First, isn't it interesting that this command to keep Sabbath is extended not only to the Israelites, but it's to all their family and their servants and their animals and foreigners. The second thing to note is that in Exodus... The command to keep Sabbath is rooted directly in the creation story. Notice the language in Exodus 20.11. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So there's that direct tie. Just as God worked six days and rested a seventh, so now you, Israelites, are to work six days and rest the seventh. Now, you probably know, if you've read Scripture much, that there are a few numbers that show up a lot as kind of symbolic numbers, like 40, there's a lot of 40 days and nights, 3, there's a lot of 3 days and nights, or 3 people. 7 is another number that you're going to see a lot. It's kind of the number of perfection. There's a lot of symbolism behind that number. So that symbolism extends here to the command about the Sabbath. Now, I want to take us to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, to look at the second time the Ten Commands are given, and you'll notice just a little bit of difference, especially in the reasoning, not the command itself, but in why to keep the command. Here's this command from Deuteronomy. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, 
nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Now, so far, we're about the same. We've specified a few animals, ox and donkey, as well as all your animals. We also see this idea that you do this not just so that you can rest, but look at the end of verse 14. You do it so that your servants can rest as you do. In other words, you Israelites need to rest because by you resting, it'll also force your servants to be able to take a rest. Because if you keep working, the people that work for you will keep working. But now look at verse 15. The rationale is a little bit different. Remember in the Exodus version, the rationale was God worked six days and took the seventh off, so you should work six days and take the seventh off. But here's the rationale in Deuteronomy 5:15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So same scope, really. But here, the command to keep the Sabbath is rooted in, or in other words, the why, is the Exodus story. That makes sense. When the commands are first given, they're rooted in creation. But now that all this water is under the bridge, there's a more recent reasoning, which is Pharaoh might have commanded you to work all seven days, but you're not there anymore. God is not a Pharaoh, and God's mantra is not make more bricks. So the Sabbath is not just a way to be like God in the Exodus version, but keeping the Sabbath is a reminder that God is different than Pharaoh. And for the Israelites, that would have been really helpful and really important, and they would have definitely noticed the difference. Let's talk about why Sabbath matters, and even specifically some questions like, are Christians called to practice Sabbath rest every Saturday? And to that I would say, no, not strictly. I think to do so would be to reimpose the Old Testament law, but I think we all agree that the Ten Commandments as a whole are still instructive for us and are not completely wiped away. The other related question is, is Sunday just the Christian Sabbath? In some ways, yes, there are some similarities to it as far as a a day set aside for the Lord, but in some ways it's really not. It's not really a one-to-one transfer of Sabbath, Saturday, Old Testament to, you know, Sabbath, Sunday, New Testament. So there's some similarities in the commands as far as a day set aside, but there are some differences. So I don't really want to say that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath, but I might say that Sunday is for Christians similar to the Sabbath for those who lived under the Old Testament law. But the bigger question is this, is the principle of Sabbath still worth considering, even if we don't bind it on ourselves or others? And to that I would say yes. I mean, it sort of reminds me of what we do with the command to tithe, to give 10%. And so I don't bind that on people. I don't think that 10% is some mandate anymore. But too often we might say, well, tithing is just some legalistic requirement, and then we just only give like a half or 1%. So that's not a good reason to do away with that command. And so in the same way, we don't want to say, well, Sabbath is legalistic and then never practice rest. Sabbath is a weekly announcement that we trust God enough to rest from production and from doing. And it's an announcement that we trust God that things are not going to fall apart if we stop working. If God rested, but we think we can't, what are we saying? Are we saying that we're more important than God or that God's wisdom just doesn't work in our particular situation? We don't just rest because 
we've worked or as a reward for work. We rest so that we can continue a sustainable pace of work. Sabbath looks backward at work well done, but it also looks forward to a new week of work well done. And in the meantime, we can trust God. If God can rest, so can we. Thanks for joining for this episode in our mini-series of Genesis as we've talked about the Sabbath. I sure appreciate you continuing to rate and review this and even just to let me know that you're listening. Catch me if you see me in person or for those of you who are listening who, who don't see me regularly, just send me a text or an email. It helps me know that this is getting out there and is still worthwhile. We're going to talk next time about the second creation story in Genesis 2. Now, I know that you might not refer to it that way, and I'm going to talk about why I call it the second creation story. So stick with us. We'll see you next time.